citizens of the verse today is december 15th 2952 and welcome to another episode of citizen cast we're a star citizen podcast here to discuss what's going on in the game and its development i'm your host way too geeky and with me tonight as always is senor seagard olsen say hello seagard hello and of course uh, or maybe not, of course, but uh-huh. we have a surprise guest tonight, <laughs> the Jersey Devil himself. It, it is a guest. It Check is, off. It is a guest. Hello, everybody. I'm back. Original co-host. Yes. Relegated and, to guest. And, and you thought I was gone forever, huh? <laughs> well, we didn't know. I don't know who you crossed over there in Jersey. Oh, yeah, um, right. Seagard assured me. Seagard so assured me he's had contact with you outside yes. of the digital realm. Yes. No, it's uh, actually digital, but outside of the Star Citizen uh, yes. realm. Yes, that's right. Out of the video game world. Yeah. Uh, and then returning guest, um, we love to have him on the show. It is Skyguard. Hello, Skyguard. Welcome back. Good evening. So um, we've got a bit to talk about. It's not a crazy week. I... Uh, I uh, I'm, I didn't say anything to anyone, but I purposefully delayed this till today so we would have additional stuff to talk about. Um, plus, the week was crazy. But anyway, um, I guess for starters, what have you guys been up to in the verse? Skyguard, what have you been doing this past week? Uh, I flew to the river. In my, I first tried to fly to it from orbit. That was a pain. I, then I tried to do it from New Babbage, and that worked out better. Um, Corsair's great. I fiddled around with the settings on my NVIDIA graphics card and got it running better. But there's always a slight heart attack you have when you see the things running at nearly 100% all the time and then you look at the temperature and it's running just fine. But mm-hmm. when Star Citizen's the only game that does it, I guess it really tells you how much optimization they actually have to do. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. No joke. Excellent. Uh, Chekhov... What about yourself? Have so, you played it all this past week? Yeah, actually, I did. I was trying to, you know, 318 is coming, so I'm trying to hone in my skills, just uh, trying to figure out what I'm going to have. From what I understand, it's a complete wipe this time, right? Everything, including reputation, yes. is being yep. wiped. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So uh, Even your uh, friendly mug is being wiped. You have to create a new one. Wow. Oh, that's good, because I'm finally going to go back to being a boy instead of a girl. Uh, but, um, yeah, yeah that's, I mean, that, that's dangerous talk these days, don't you know? Yeah, that's I got to keep that to myself, right? That's, that's true. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, oh, and really, really trying to uh, learn how to fly. So I got this wonderful playlist that Skyguard posted of this gentleman that has great tutorials on uh, maneuvering and combat. And I have to say, to hone in your skill right, I mean, to learn really how to fly and, and be able to be evasive is really difficult in this game. So Yeah, and it's only going to change down the road anyhow, yeah. but it's worth knowing for now because that's a long ways out, or at least a ways out. Yeah, but it's funny. You um, think that you know what you're doing, but you, you really don't. I was like, I guess I would call myself like an amateur casual sort of uh mm-hmm. you know operator but you really to 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 master the game you, you really gotta practice I'm not sure what ship were you trying to master 
Well, he suggests using the, the smallest and the fastest. So I'm using an arrow just to get oh, the skills down packed. And, and let me tell you, just not easy just doing all the maneuvers. Yeah. Well, I can imagine. Um, Seagard, how about yourself? Uh, little, I really haven't done that much this week. I played a little bit the other day. Uh, I had to do some stuff around the house. Renovating uh, one of the, well, not renovating, putting in some mirrors and stuff in the bathroom for the wife. And, and, uh, we until did, you said the bathroom, I was like, ooh, kinky. Yeah. yeah no, no, no. And, uh, <laughs> but, uh, that was it. I really didn't do this much. Um, you know, just mentally, just kind of thinking, uh, things are a little slow right now, but I'm, I'm toying with the idea of putting together a org, but something a little different. And uh, based on a conversation I had with uh, someone today who shall remain anonymous. <laughs> Why, it was me. We could yeah. talk. Yeah. So, uh, Tell us about it. Well, And Chekhov, you also joined a new org, yeah. didn't you? Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. Should I, should I plug it? Well, yeah, I, I guess not. Why not? All right. Yeah, so, that's so it came, Oh, yeah. Maybe I'll invite him here. So th this came uh, when we were doing that event on Orson. Uh, what, what was the name of that big event? The, the Siege of Orson. Siege of Orson. Right? And <laughs> actually, Geeky was with me, and we, we were both incapacitated. And all of a sudden, we see a bunch of players coming around. Oh, don't worry about it. We're going to help you. Uh, and they were like, boom, boom, boom. And they got us up. Says, yeah, no problem. You know, call us anytime. As a matter of fact, they have a website. You can actually, with a form, you go in when you need a rescue. They'll come out and they'll they'll revive you, or they will actually defend you too. So it's like based on you could either call for a medic, you could call for combat assistance, or even uh, like a science uh, and engineering help, which I don't know what that's about. So anyway, I, I kind of looked at the Discord, and they're extremely active, like you know, ten to twenty players every night. And I figure, you know what, looks like an easygoing bunch of guys and I um, and girls, by the way. So I, I joined, you know, just to kind of so I'm kind of walking around and getting my spanking new medic uniform right now. So that's <laughs> the long story short. They're called the name of the org is Slipstream. That's what they are. Absolutely nice. free. They're all volunteers. You know, they won't charge you a dime, you know, for rescuing you. Yeah. Good org. So like field rats, but for health. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So what were you toying with, Seaguard? Uh, you know, I've always, you guys know me a long time now. Well, it, well, part of what Chekhov said was true is that Parlay House itself is is good. I mean, it's a it's doing what it's supposed to be doing. People come here and they're, they're having fun. But we are getting more spread out. Um, so I, I'm thinking about just doing the um basically taking uh building it around a different structure mainly around the idea that you have positions in a ship and the end goal is to be a, a very proficient crew in whatever ship you're in right whatever ship mm -hmm. you're flying in um so i could see like you know being a hull e crew as the end state right um, so that's kind of where my mindset is right now. Uh, Kate, you know, certainly Will and Kate have done a good job of, of that type of, of play right now. They're mm -hmm. really doing a good job of that. Um, 
I admire that play a lot. I think it's a good way to go. And, and that's kind of what I want to see. I mean, that is truly, I think it would be a fun way to play. Um, it's very different than what you typically see is a lot of ships with, you know, one man crews or three man crews or things like that. Um, mm-hmm. And I would, I would rather have, you know, a small number of well crewed ships than a, or a single ship with a well that's well crewed than a uh, fleet of big ships flying around doing stuff, you know, with one people on e- on each person of them. Mm-hmm. So that's what I've been kind of toying with. I mean, definitely their videos, and we talked about this last week, Seaguard. I mean, their content is inspiring. For imagine when multi crew is really real instead of what they've been doing, which is really a combat group. Right. For the most part, um, it's just exciting to see, and and you see the the level of uh, you know involvement that they're already having in the game. Um, while some of us are like, I've been pretty much waiting out three eighteen at this point, just because I don't see a point in, in logging in, and I, you know, but uh, three eighteen is is live. Hopefully, hopefully this year, <laughs> right then. I'll be uh, I'll be on all the time because I have a break between the holidays during the holidays. Yeah, so. yeah. So will I. I'm... Yeah. So I will be playing a lot. My eyes will be bleeding. Probably. Do you really think this year? No, don't have I them mean... bleed, then you won't be able to use them. I I don't think it's going to be this um, year. Not going to launch it and go on the break. Well, yeah, well let's it's... let's uh let's hold that conversation. I think. Okay. Because the um. Because there's a couple th- reasons why I, I think maybe, um, but you know, that's just my. We'd love idea. to hear them. <laughs> well, I, I was like, we might as well wait till we. T- well, all right. Well, um, it was going to really dive in this a piece of content this week. That's why. Okay, so let's go. Why don't we jump into the content and then we'll we'll, we'll get there. Uh, so uh, this past week, um, we actually had two ISCs and an SCL in between the two. Uh, since our last recording. So last week uh, was the first post-Citizen Con kickoff all about the journey to 4.0. Um, and this particular episode was related to sound design. Uh, one of the sound designers talked about reverberation, gave us a demo of of some of the sounds and, and the reverb that they'll be using for Pyro and sort of his process. Um you know, he was recording a lot of echoes in the parking lot and things like that. Uh, and then we did see some accompanying pyro imagery, nothing new uh, that we hadn't seen before and heard some of the eerie ominous sounds that we might be able to expect in pyro. So that was last week's ISC. It was only one topic. Um, Skyguard, did you get a chance to see it? Uh, about the sound design? Yeah, it was interesting. I mean, yeah. <laughs> There's not much really to talk about. I mean, cool. There's sound, and it sounds really important. And but I, there, how they the the white noise they showed on uh, the planets was more interesting to me than being quiet. Because even when I've gone out in the middle of nowhere, there's always some sort of noise, even if it's just a rustle of wind or. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't think they should completely get rid of whether that part of that's normal yeah yeah exactly um 
What about you, Chekhov? I have a feeling I know your answer. Yeah, you do know my answer. Well, it's actually not true. I started, but first when I saw the name of the show and that it just got real boring for me, I just turned mm-hmm. it off. So. Yeah. Seagard, what about yourself? I thought it was okay. I didn't watch all of it. Um, again, I was kind of tied up this week with uh, home stuff So uh, mm-hmm. and last week, but I did watch portions of it. And I thought it was okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Sound is big. I mean, like we had talked with that tail gunner video. D- did you mm-hmm. watch that? Yeah, definitely. That? Yeah. What did you think of it, Kiki? Did you try it out finally? It was great. Yeah, it was a really good video. Yeah. So, um, so for me, it was okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, for me, a similar take. Uh, it, wasn't the most exciting. It felt like it was probably too long to be an entire Inside Star Citizen. Felt like it could have been half of a segment, and then we could have had something else. Are we talking about master uh, modes or? Half? Oh, sorry, Star. I got the. I see. Yeah, yeah. This is the sound one still. Sorry. I, I also felt no worries. Um, I also felt like um, it felt like content that would normally be presented in a Star Citizen live mm-hmm. and not Inside Star Citizen. Um, so it was a little bit drier, and I don't know. It was a little bit of a bummer just because for the kickoff to 4.0, it wasn't the the most exciting of the topics. But, you know, it was fine. Um, Star Citizen Live was about Master Modes, as you mentioned there, Skyguard. And uh, really, they were just exploring what we already heard at CitizenCon. Uh they're going to be sitting in squadron for a while before they move anything into the PU yeah. uh, P, um, predominantly because it's going to be such a major change, you know, and, and part of the guiding principle is Chris always stated that he wanted the pacing of dogfights to be very similar to that of world war two dogfights. He wants them to be close, visceral, personal. Um, they mentioned how time to kill is going to be a lot higher because of the fact that we have death of a spaceman. In addition, um, there'll be a higher chance of disabling versus killing. Uh, Richard and Yogi mentioned not all ships can be good at everything. Shocker. Um, you know, the main thing they're trying to do is reduce joust- jousting. Um, and as as of right now, you know, the master modes really are about two different states. One being the combat mode where you've got shields, guns, etc. Um, and it's a slower pace. Uh, and then there's navigation mode, which is faster speed, but you don't have access to some of those other systems. Um, they've been testing it in Squadron for a while and have a version in there that they've been using. Uh, they did mention the switch between those modes would be very deliberate and that individual ship loadouts will definitely have an impact on the performance between the modes. Yeah, uh, Racing came up quite a bit, especially because, you know, racing... You know, you may still want your shields up. And they did say that um, they want racing to be fun. Racing ships shouldn't necessarily be good combat ships, but they did say that racing ships might be able to have a faster combat mode than non-racing ships. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Sandy Roberts came on at the end of the show uh, where she talked about a few things like Bar Citizen, the Frankfurt office, and the setup there. Um, and I thought while speaking of Sandy, she, she, we could. She make... talked about a few things. She announced that Star Citizen yeah. is going to be live in LA next year. That's a few things. That that was a, 
spout what I was just going to say. Yes, so it'll be live in L.A. next year. So I hope to go uh, in person to my first Citizen Con in person. Uh, but yeah, what do you think, Skyguard? Um, with the, the World War II, everybody always says that, but that's always a bit concerning to me because re- reason being, um, well, World War II dogfighting didn't have missiles, but if you if I think I I might be wrong, um, check me here, Skyguard. But uh, I think Vietnam, the Vietnam War, both had dogfights and missiles because that was the real beginning of that tech so that'd probably be a better one to look at for regards to how would the pacing on this realistically work because if you're you're going world war ii style either everything's going to be a pinata to missiles or missiles are going to be pretty much like they are now which is to say nearly useless it's uh they, they balance things pretty well i mean so i i have to you know, kind of believe that they're gonna they're gonna pull this off. I mean, you know, it it all comes around. You know, um, I and I get his idea that you know, up close and personal. Um, they were, you know, they talk about the. You, you know, you have heavy fighters which aren't that maneuverable, and you have light fighters that are supposed to be maneuverable. But basically, because of the speeds, the light fighter doesn't get inside and can't stay inside where his maneuverability would help him. He's stuck out at arm's mm-hmm. length. Yeah. And he just gets beat to death by the heavy fighter. Um, conversely, the same thing with, you know, a heavy fighter. He wants to do boom and zoom um, kind of tactics like World War II. You know, keep their distance, come in and you know, strike him once, hit him hard, and then move out. Yeah. Uh, he can't do that because we end up in these jousting modes. Basically, the speeds are too mm-hmm. fast for the maneuverability. Um, so yeah. should... Should... Uh, should light fighters basically be paper mache, but really maneuverable? But well, and should... heavy fight heavy fighters be really able to take a pounding, but they can't really they can only really go fast in a straight line. Well, it it should be there should be different flavors of each, right? Um and in World War Two there were lots of different flavors of fighters that you know they mm-hmm. were different roles. Um so you know, you were I, I don't I I think that generally lighter ships would generally be more maneuverable than heavy ships but you know when you get into let's say an aurora ln it may not be more maneuverable than let's say a hornet a medium fighter yeah right so the saber may be actually a saber might be a little bit more maneuverable than the than the anvil hornet right that would be a better way to look at it yeah um, on the other hand he may not carry as much armor because of that to make himself have that ability. So um, I think the missiles, I think missile play is going to be really countered by electronic warfare play. If you have no electronic warfare, missiles are going to be devastating. Um, You know, if you do have electronic warfare, then you'll probably be all right. And, you know, light fighters do have the ability to carry missiles and different types of missiles than, 
heavy fighters in real life. I mean, you know, it's a very it's a di very different loadout if you look at like an F-16 versus an F-15. Um, F-15 is a go-kart, right? It carries four missiles, maybe five, uh, but not a huge amount, and it has relatively mm -hmm. short range, whereas the F-15 can stay there all day and carries, you know, eight or ten missiles, um, a lot of which are very long-range missiles, big missiles, because they have big radar on the ship. Um, so I would think that a radar on a small fighter would be very limited compared to something the size of a, a warden, which has a big platform to put a big piece of radar equipment on it. And because the warden has better electronic, better radar and electronics, can carry better radar and electronics, it's going to be able to keep that lock better than, say, an Avenger. Right. And the uh, warden is, an you know... Arrow arguably is the p-38 lightning from world war ii not the best dogfighter in the world it, it, it's, it's okay. as if it had to if to, the warden is if the p-38 lightning and the f-4 tomcat had a kid yeah you know it's that it's that standard ship um that can go a long way um and reach targets well inside the enemy territory because that's what they used to do with the lightnings or with a p-38 um uh yeah p-38 lightnings uh you know lots of gunfire power up front and everything else uh, not most maneuverable though yeah so it, it really depends it really depends mm. but i think they'll by, pull it by off by that logic the same thing with the corsair as well corsair yeah the fighter or the ship the ship whole bunch of guns up front not really maneuverable but man can it hit hard yeah it's got legs yeah. it's a boom and zoom for sure right yeah yeah it's it's and it's more of a first strike at a distance compared to yeah. right you know an arrow which is get up close stay in their blind spot and keep pounding them where you can make an impact yeah. that's easy for you to say well don't look at me i'm a I'm a scientist and an uh -huh. explorer. Yeah, it's, it's well, uh, very hard uh, to uh, say. But uh, generally, uh, what they do, they do well, right? So. Yeah. Alrighty, uh, Chekhov. How about you? Did you see it? No, no, that one, not at all. Alrighty, I had a feeling. Um, I caught some, some. Uh, clips and such but didn't really get uh, the full episode i have to say the one thing that was a little disappointing is they didn't really expand on our understanding of the mode um it does sound though like it's going to be a pretty conscious decision that you're going to have to make and and it, it will have impact well, yeah. i'm excited for it i think it's going to be good i think so too i think it's going to make crew you know like two-person ships and small crew ships really have some abilities when they do fight um i think that i think that fighters are now either going to be stuck in real close and have to or stuck far out and have to close the range where the guns on a you know a multi-turreted ship can pound on you um well yeah and th think about like a some with a an ambush for pirates they're really going to have to if the person decides to run immediately, they're going to have to get their hits and really flip them quick before the person gets going too fast. 
Yeah. Yep. A hundred percent. Um, excellent. Yeah. I mean, it was a good episode. I, I wish it was a little bit more, um, informative, but I get it. We, we probably got a while before we actually see master modes come into play. My guess would be, um, much closer to when ships are disabled and, and all that fun stuff. Um, now this past week, oh, and how about, I mean, citizen con big, big revelation. I wasn't shocked, but I'm surprised they said it so soon. Uh, anyone else hoping to go next year? I might no, to I be am. honest with you. I mean, I mean, I'm in the area basically. I might as well at least check it out. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe by then Seaguard will make some t-shirts. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm really bad. <laughs> No, it's not your fault. I'm just saying, if we're going to be out with people, yeah. um, you know, it'd be good to get the some merch out there for, for not. I'm not even saying charge it, like give some out for the yeah for the group at Parley House and all that. Yeah, yeah. Um, they'll probably have the booths again. Maybe we could set up a booth. Mm. Well, that's kind of big. I I, 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 I I already ran a booth last year this year for my job. I don't want to do it for something. <laughs> Listen, exposure. Maybe we could try and line up an interview with somebody. That would be fun. I mean, you guys want to do it? Have at it. <laughs> we can get checkup to be Hopefully. the interview person. He yeah, can, he can be there, and we can interview him. <laughs> Hello, Sandy. Sandy. Do you go uh-huh. by Gardner or do you go by Roberts? Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, um, and then uh, today, because uh, today's Thursday, uh, we got the final ISC and really the final uh, show by CIG this year. And it was a review of all that launched in 2022. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm just going to quickly read through the list here. Server cap 100. Uh, so they bumped up that server cap, uh, ship to ship refueling, uh, those nifty mining gadgets that I haven't used once because I haven't mined since then. They work the pretty good. The new selling mechanic. Yeah, I heard that. I uh, just they're haven't basic, mined. They're, they're I basically cheat codes for all intents and purposes. You can take 90% of whatever the heck you want off a rock and just have to fiddle with the controls a bit. Mm. it's probably good for people it's probably really good i wonder if this was the solution for people who were renting ships probably um because you can't customize the uh nozzle Mm -hmm. uh the, the selling mechanic uh with the uh you know the kiosk new surface derelicts new space derelicts our first river in in uh on microtech Additional hospitals across Stanton. We got some racetracks. We got support for community events like Fight or Flight, Daymar Rally, and Hurston Locker. Um, they ran a bunch of bar citizens. Uh, we got the immensely insane Siege of Orison. Yes. And then we got a few ships this year. The Hall A was released. The Hover Quad, the Mule, the Centurion, the STV, the Scorpius, the Corsair, the Cutter, and the C8X. And if you look at those... Hopefully the Vulture pretty soon. Yes. 
Um, out of those, if you look, nine of them in the year so far, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six were straight to um, drivable or flyable. So two-thirds, um, which is impressive. Uh, and then this is where my suspicion that we get 318 this year comes in, at least wide PTU. But um, I think they're trying to get it for, for release is um, Jared said, and 318 coming this year in 2022. Um, now, granted, he could have recorded that a week and a half ago, and he was hopeful. Yeah. Who knows? But uh, in 318, we're expecting hull stripping, Drake Vulture, Cargo Refactor, PTV Racetrack, uh, the changes to um, Security Post Korea, as well as some changes to Crime Stat, an additional prison gameplay. Uh, we'll have six additional racetracks with gates and timers. Uh, the new missions on Orison that take make uh, that uh, make good use of the um, Siege of Orison platforms. We have sand cave archetypes being added, although I don't think any missions are going to be in them unless they added those last minute. We've got the new derelict um, outposts on um, uh, uh, Daymar. Daymar. Mm-hmm. I almost said Delamar. We've got the G12 uh, renderer additions as well as persistent entity streaming and all of which are committed by the way so they all should be coming in game uh so you know nothing new here uh the end of the episode ended with jared making his his usual yearly heartfelt sort of thanks to the community for being the reason that this entire thing exists um well we do fund it all frustrations (laughs) yeah admitted frustrations and things like that but at the same time you know i think the pluses outweigh the minuses essentially is what he was trying to say um so yeah what what did you think skyguard did you watch it this this uh this episode today yeah i did um did it was a bit generic it was cool that they mentioned vmzo yeah. in there um i'm excited for the motor i didn't, I didn't notice that yeah, I think they meant the hangar view or whatever when they mentioned it. But yeah, he was in there oh. somewhere. Oh, okay. That's cool. Because um, VM, cool. VM was one of the key people in designing that thing, if mm-hmm. people aren't aware. Um, so yeah, it was rather generic. So, I mean, cool, but nothing really of note. Alrighty. Um, how about yourself, Chekhov? Did you watch it today? Uh, no, I didn't. Unfortunately. Okay, no worries. Yeah, I didn't. I, I didn't mean, get to either. Not today. You today's. guys aren't going to necessarily learn learn anything new. It's all the same. I was hoping maybe some kind of like here, here's how tiny breadcrumb of something. Mm-hmm. No, I mean we know that for the most part, but at least the salvage we're getting. Um, so, what do you think? Is that am I? Am I jumping too hard for the 318 releasing this year? Um, I'm pretty uh, sure we're going to at least get PTU Wave 1 this year. 
Um, given what I've seen on the Discord that's monitoring the Ibakati stuff, um, they're having. Let me actually. Let me. I can look that up right now. Give me a second. Well, uh, so Cracklin or Cracklin hinted at a wave one today, either happening today or tomorrow. Uh, let's sort of hinted see. At it. That's what last, I heard. The, the last By the Ibakati end of the week. Well, that's coming up really today. Well, uh, yesterday's Evocati patch had like 330Ks within 15 minutes. So, yeah, that's uh, – I hope they got that fixed. But they fixed – this Evocati fixed the main bear blocker for Wave 1, which was the vehicle management management app. Yeah, uh, the ASAP um, Which was the – yeah. No, the VMA, vehicle manager app. Unequipping all of your components. Oh. Hmm. That was the main blocker for Wave 1. So it sounds like wave one will be tomorrow if, if uh, possible. That's what I, yeah. I read in a couple or actually watched a couple places. Um, board gamer and um, who are the two Mac, Mac brother, Mac. Oh, super Mac brother, super Mac yeah. brother. Yeah. Uh, that was some of the stuff he had said also. That was kind of, uh, you know, um, that you know, hopefully by the end of the week, uh, I think even uh, Nubifier said that. Yeah, yeah. It looks like it looks like we'll probably uh, we'll probably see it um, go to wave one tomorrow. But it sounded like outside of the thirty k's that they had with a few incidents, the patches have been pretty stable. Yeah. So well, they've had they had that new know. tester thing they were talking about a couple of weeks ago, so that's probably mm-hmm. what's contributing to it. Um, they've also been iterating a lot more since that thing came out. They can iter- it seems yeah. they can iterate faster and generally test and fix faster as well. Yeah, because they've been cranking out patches for the most part, and patches haven't been failing as much as they usually do. Yeah. Um, so that's good. Hopefully, we'll see it at least wider PTU. Um, I really hope we see it go to live as long as it's stable because, quite frankly, I don't want to have to download the PTU if I don't have to. Um, but I would imagine if they're not going to have it live by next week. Let's call you copy live into a PTU folder labeled PTU, then hit the uh, check button. and. Uh... I just don't want to have to do it because every time, last time I did it, it was screwing up my live i would have to download the game over again every single time it was screwing up so bad that bad yeah it seems like you have have the worst luck i i mean i don't have the worst luck i was just having bad luck for a couple releases well maybe you could ask mage Uh, if he could share if he could share his internet for a bit after all he's got that he's got that what two gigabyte a second (laughs) I mean, I don't know what my internet speed is, but it's nowhere near that. That's for sure. What is he doing? Uploading his hard drive every day? SSD, whatever. Well, he, I mean, he is an, a software engineer, so he probably I, I, needs. I, I know, but partially needs it for work. Yeah, I think he's also crypto mining sometimes. Oh yeah, okay. But yeah, that's that's a lot of data. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah, so hopefully we'll see that. Um, excellent. So we're also in the midst of Luminalia, 
Um, for those who don't know, it's sort of a, a Banu holiday um, where on Luminalia, which is celebrated on the 22nd of December, all Banu Sulis, which is sort of like a family, but it's a working family, essentially. It's the, the work group, the group that you belong to. It's like a chosen family, I guess. Kind of clan work. Uh, all Suli become one. Yeah, like a clan. Yeah. Mm. Um, it's where all Suli become one and celebrate. Very similar to some of our holidays, Christmas, Hanukkah, Diwali. Yeah, uh, Diwali. Diwali, that's it. Yep. That's kind of. <laughs> I cool. just watched that episode of The Office the other day. Did you? Yeah. Where he does that Adam Sandler style Diwali song. Um, but uh, this year, the, you know, after last year's kind of moaning and groaning from 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 the, they should give us a physical the, handlebar in game this time. <laughs> just a handlebar, yeah. You know, we were getting wallpapers and hints call, at a new at the vehicles, handlebar decoration or whatever. <laughs> yes, we can't yeah, so, what's the gift of the day. Avengers, uh, Avengers so skins. Oh, sex. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, Yesterday was Avengers. Yeah. Yeah. So this year, all the gifts are in game, which which we did mention last week. But uh, what do you guys think so far? Have you first of all, have you been collecting your Luminalia gifts? And if so, what do you think of them? I like them. I mean, I like free, free, free stuff. If you're not collecting them, you're silly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just just because of the paint, I'm gonna buy an Avenger again. In game. Uh, yeah, because it looks great with the new paint. Which one do you like? Uh, I like them both. Yeah, they both look great. I don't have any of the ships for uh, those paints, but that's okay. I'll probably try and gift them to someone at some point. Yeah, get the paint first and get the ship. Yeah, maybe if I buy it in-game, you never know. Um, yeah, so day one were, were some Luminalia sweaters. They were... They say it's teal. Wait, what do they say the colors are? They said it's. There's the description. That is very uncool. I thought the day one was oh. the uh, the uh, skins for the 100i or whatever. No, day one was the sweaters. It was the red, teal, and blue one light Luminalia sweaters or shirts. Yeah. Day two was the 100i skins. Um, Which look good. Day yeah, three the was the good. flight suits. Yeah, I like the sweaters. The flight suits look identical to the sweaters, just flight suits. They look good, though. The blue um, one in particular looks really good. Yeah. Um, I still think that teal looks like green, at least in the picture. So hopefully it is green. Teal is kind of a bluish green sort of color, so yeah. But in the picture, it looks green, green. Um, oh, it's afraid. Get over it. No, I know. I just like green. It's my favorite color. Yeah. Um, oh, put, put it on a game and, then, and find out. Yeah, I, I'll have to. Maybe after this, who knows? Um, and then today was a sextant, a collective collected sextant, which has like Banu writing on it, human writing on it, and then it also comes in like a greenish red and white. Cool. So that looks cool. It'll be cool to display during the holiday season. Um. Hopefully, it looks like we're going to get more of the same according to Leaks Discord or very similar things, which I'm okay with. You know, um, given that they're giving it to us for free, I'm not complaining about it. Um, but yeah, any any other thoughts on Luminalia? 
Has anyone done anything in game to celebrate? No, not really. I'm a bit of a Scrooge this year. I picked up a few packages and uh you know, I not pack I picked up a few of the Luminalia packages. And uh-huh. uh you know, I've been right now I'm actually unusual for me, I know, but I'm actually playing a ship while we're on the podcast. That's mm. my sense of quietness. I'm actually flying my re- my reclaimer around. That's kind of my play for Luminalia. Nice. I usually at some point go visit the Microtech um like holiday scene. Oh, do you Microtech has a holiday scene? Yeah, like if you um coming from the spaceport, if you follow the um the hyperloop towards the Aspire Grand mm-hmm. underneath the hyperloop, there is a tunnel and underneath is a fire, some, um, some snowmen, uh, presents, uh, their decoration. They're not like the ones that you pick up in game, uh, some decorated trees and lights and stuff. It's really cool. Neat. Yeah. There's another one viewing Microtech too. I can't remember where it is, but it's a smaller little vignette. Hmm. Um, so yeah, that's what I usually do at least once before the holiday season. But that's you know I'm like super holiday oriented. Alrighty, well that brings us to our tips and tricks. We had a few submissions this week. Uh, Drawas said when you open your inventory if you can't see your character hold down the right mouse on on the character and spin them <laughs> so there you go like if you're what you're, like if you're clipped through geometry or something yeah that's kind of standard uh, good tip to share yeah or if for some reason it's not loading oh because so, you know sometimes it won't load the, yeah, that's the image when you're viewing your inventory yeah uh pain they said Clasher and its rehabilitation holes. If you wake up without a Moby glass, just log out and back into the server. Backspacing sometimes works too. The prisoners are no longer issued multi-tool mining equipment. Uh, I I feel like I still get mining equipment, but I don't know. Well, what do you mean? So what are you supposed to do? You can buy the multi-tool and still mine. So the, the multi-tool at the commissary. Mm-hmm. Right, but but if you have no merits and the only way to get that's weird. How's that? I think you start. Work? I don't know. Maybe you, it'll you go might, negative. You, you might get one, and then uh, if when you if when you die, you have to use the merits you've earned to get another one. Oh. Yeah. Well, either way, he said the loop works uh, as do the mineral deposit hoppers. Uh, without a multi-tool, you must run missions to repair oxygen dispensers to earn merits. If you're in a group or gang and share a mission, there's a bug where everyone in the group gets a different random oxygen dispenser location. Someone is probably near one of those locations. It makes running the repair missions fast. The first person to repair an oxygen dispenser completes the mission, and the merits are not split. All of the gang members will get full credit. Or you could just escape and ignore all the above. True, true. And uh, those are all the submissions. Uh, Skyguard, any tips or tricks for the listeners today? Um, are we talking about in-game or out-of-game? 
in game. Well, unless it's related, anything related to the game, in in or out. Uh, so you've heard about that Chat GPT thing, right? Uh huh. I fed Star Citizen into it, and it turns out the thing's pretty scary with how good it is. <laughs> g- g- give human what? level responses, and that's. I figured, okay, give it something controversial, see what it does, and it, it pretty much. What did you ask? Yeah. Uh, what was it? Essay analyzing Star Citizen and the pros and cons, and basically wrote probably a high school, like fourth, eighth grade level essay on the goods and bads of Star Citizen, and pretty decently analyzed as well. Hmm. Okay. I mean, for, 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 for a robot, that's kind of scary. It brings up the whole AI thing in game and lore. Makes it stand out a bit more. Uh, yeah. I, uh, I watched a TikTok recently where someone fed uh, a less a less robust chat an AI bot some stuff mm-hmm. to try and come up with a new Hallmark Christmas script. <laughs> and it was really weird. It was really weird, <laughs> but it was really funny. Uh, I'll, I'll send it to you after if you want to watch it. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, what about you, Cheka? Oh, I, I do have one more tip. When you're flying towards the river on microtech it's it's to the it's to the north side of the green patch you get so um mm-hmm. remember it's on the north side is and when you're flying there you can select um new bambage in your moby glass so remember you've instead of having to turn around and look at new babbage stop mm-hmm. you can just look at your moby glass and see oh i'm 440,000 meters away from Yep. New Babbage. Okay, cool. I should be in the right area. Go find a river. Excellent. Mm. It's good to know. I didn't know it was on the north side of the green patch because that green patch is huge. Well, yeah, you can use the um, – if you need to hope – I had trouble finding it at first, and then I started using OM marker distances. And once I did, once I did that, I found it really easily. Nice. Hmm. Um, check check off any tips or tricks for the listeners today. No, not today. I haven't really played enough. Okie dokie. Um, Seagard, how about yourself? I have two, believe it or not. So, first My goodness, one. Two tips. And they both came within the last couple of minutes. I probably have a couple others. But, um, but here's the simple one. Uh, first one. So I'm flying the Reclaimer. And I just wanted to take it out and fill it up um, with cargo and then kind of hang on it for a couple of days. So started taking off from uh, New Babbage and had real bad problems getting up and kept crashing or landing back on the ground. The wind would blow me down and have to take back off. So I ended up going in and adjusting my two things and had great success after that. I moved my power over to engines and shields, um, mostly to engines with limited shields and virtually no weapons. Um, and then I reduced mm-hmm. the throttle, my forward speed to zero and just used the, um, you know, vertical mode, vertical strafe, I guess it is, climb. And I was able to climb out 
pretty easily at a pretty good clip. I just can't move forward or backwards, right? I mean, yeah. the minute I start putting in forward throttle, it diverts away from your thrusters mm-hmm. and you start to drop. <laughs> so, I, I, uh, I know yeah, the so things that, at Behemoth, but they think they give it just a bit more thrust. I think they will. I think they will. But it, right now it's fun to play it because of that exact reason. Yeah. Um, so I know the it's a pain to land. The second thing was I got up to the station and I just wanted to, you know, land on one of the free pads and go in and get it refueled and repaired. And Did I couldn't fit. Well, I couldn't get them to respond to a landing request. It wouldn't, I think, cause the ship's too big. So I went over to one of the free pads and I tried nosing onto it and it's too big. The front legs hang over the edge, the back legs are, it's, it's just a monster on it. So I turned it sideways and it fits. So the the butt end hangs over. There's no doubt about it. But the ship has all four landing gear on the landing pad, and I was able to, you know, refuel, rearm, repair, um, while sitting in the ship with no issue. So I thought it was kind of funny. I'm surprised they haven't made hmm. docking work for that thing yet. Yeah, I yeah. mean, especially for how clunky it is compared to even a hammerhead's. Com- comparatively, a hammerhead and a eight ninety is significantly easier to get out of atmosphere. I, I think it's one of those things that's going to come here fairly quickly. Uh, I do think we're going to see some, I'm hoping, I think it's going to be one like one of those Caterpillar or the, uh, the Connie's, you know, they needed a little bit of love and they got just enough to make them really good ships. Now, you know, they'll be great when we get better mm-hmm. lighting and you know better arrangement inside, but they play really well now. And I think uh, like I saw today that, they're talking about adding. Actually, I think they have added in one of the, the patches for the uh, three eighteen a hundred and twenty cargo more into the store, the salvage area. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, they had already I think bumped, they put a hun- made a hundred and twenty SCU for the, uh, the 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 grid you manually load the boxes into. It already yeah. had. They had already boosted it to one hundred and eighty before. So this is above that. Which which one? It's the on the salvage deck. No, this is on the uh, the reclaimer. Reclaimer. Oh, so reclaimer. Potentially, the reclaimer, if I understood it correctly, would have the 180 they had boosted it to, plus the additional 120 on the salvage floor. So are yeah, because saying... what ha- what happened? Well, what happened is the salvage deck didn't didn't count as as a cargo grid. But because salvage mechanics is going to necessitate that we're selling from that location, they turned it into a cargo grid. And I think a lot of it's really just to make it easier to stack boxes because cargo grids now allow you to snap the boxes in place. Right. Well, you know what the, uh, you know what they say about temporary fixes? They're often the most permanent. So so how is the so uh, is, how salvage is going to work? So you need to salvage and box everything. Or will it box it automatically? It boxes it automatically, but you have to pull yeah. it out of the machine. Oh, okay, so you're gonna have to take physically sort of walk the boxes in. Yeah, one you're gonna. By one. You're, no, you're gonna have to pull the boxes out, like like the uh, on the machine vulture. for well, Volter and Reclaimer. No, on the Reclaimer yeah. too. Uh, okay. like they like the, like you do for the um, drugs. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay, so so Reclaimer is also a salvage ship. 
Reclaimer yes. is the, it's the end game salvage ship. It's the king salvage ship. Oh, okay. The Reclaimer is the salvage ship. Right, but is it going to be <laughs> functional in a dispatch? Yeah, the, that... the turrets will be. Okay. The um the whole scraping for it will be. So the way that they've showed it, check off is, uh, and I'll send you the video where they show it because it's pretty cool, um, and it it has me really excited. But Wasn't that essentially, back in May or something, a while back, yeah. Um, it it will have um, it's a good multi crew crew experience even compared to mining because you'll want to have a pilot. You can have two people in the turrets to hull scrape and then ideally two people in the salvage room with tractor beams or um, one pulling the boxes out of the mechanism and tractor beaming it down to the salvage deck uh, and the other one stacking them mm-hmm. okay gotcha so, so it's a five uh, salvage person, a five person crew Minimum. Yeah. Supposedly, checkoff salvaged material is going to be worth the same amount as quantanium per SCU. Oh, so that that was my next question because since it's going to be probably my only money maker, I was wondering is it going to be comparable? Uh, well, you know, based on my time spent, is it going to be comparable to mining? Well, of course it is. It they, they, uh, in they the end. To, they, in they the end. Yeah. In 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 the end, you're, in the end, with when they've got all the parts in, probably the place where you're going to make the most money is the components. But right now, since hull scraping was the only thing they got, what they're probably going to do is make that and it's just bump up the numbers for those. Yeah, well, that's um. You typically, they bump up the numbers to to a play loop where they want you to play the most. Since yeah. this is the new play loop, my guess is they will bump up the numbers because they want people. You know, salvaging versus any other activity, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and here's the cool thing that, you know, a difference compared to mining is say some of our org mates just want to do bounty missions. Then you can take a vulture and hang back and then just salvage the wreckage. Yep. Oh, so you can you can salvage anything so, in, so in if, game. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what derelicts means. Okay. Well, obviously it has to. Uh, it can be. So if the ship is destroyed in space, right? Or on the ground. Right now. No, no, no. Let no, him, right. let him well, speak. Yeah. Well, cur- currently it's destroyed in space, right? It's blown up to pieces. There's nothing to salvage. So are you saying at three eighteen we're actually going to see parts floating around? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's cool. Not not only that, check off, but. Um, for player ships and NPC ships, um, there is a 70% chance that when you hit the 100% health limit, the ship doesn't explode at all. It just becomes disabled, which is why there's a, a suspicion that piracy is going to be rampant because yeah. you can disable a ship and then steal their cargo all hey, intact. Geeky. I think they changed that so to the point where every ship will be disabled, but if you keep shooting at it, it'll blow up. Hmm. No, no, they 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 said that that would happen no matter what if if it was like disabled or soft killed, but they still there's still a chance that it'll explode altogether. Okay. Yeah. So, so I don't know if the numbers are the same or not. Yeah. So correct me if I'm right. So you can pair up now and go with the with a good sort of a you know fighter. 
and follow them. So that as they're taking out the ships, you, I'm, I'm back with my vulture salvaging, and mm-hmm. obviously you could share your whatever you can yep. make. Yeah, that's one of my plans. And that's, mm-hmm. and that's regardless, Chekhov. Even if the ship does explode, the pieces will still persist now. Mm-hmm. Well, that's cool because you could take high-end bounties, combine that with a salvage, and you're sharing, you know, everything you make. That that's becomes pretty yes. lucrative. Yeah, we could follow yeah. Tukey around with his redeemer and a couple of the vultures or a reclaimer, and he 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 makes money, and we clean up and patch up his ship. All right, sorry, I'm gonna go look see how much reclaimer is in game. <laughs> it's a lot. It's, I, I think, think it's twenty four million, isn't it? I think it's fifteen. Last I checked. 15, 15. Oh, that's okay. That's attainable. I think 24 is either the Carrick or the, and the 890 is like 32. Maybe the Carrick's 28. I, I thought it was, they were closer, but I don't know. Yeah. Excellent. Well, I'm excited. I, maybe check off. You're now excited. Oh for... <laughs> yeah. Now I'm, I'm even more excited. I, I didn't know. Well, I was trying to get a sense of what the mechanics are, but this is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's pretty awesome. Uh, I, and, and they'll also spawn check off. They'll spawn derelicts that you can um, salvage in, in um, asteroid fields. So you can scan them down. They're scannable and you'll be able to find them. Yeah, that was one of the big things they were working on to to, uh, to help facilitate gameplay. Very cool. So it should it should be a very rewarding um, profession in the short term. Well, uh, even in the long term, us... if you think about it, I mean, everybody oh, everybody's going to need everybody's going to need components. Oh, especially could you imagine in systems where components aren't as accessible? Like Stanton's a highly accessible system pyro not mm-hmm. so much yeah. and if you're a pirate you're going to rely on salvaged components so you, you could literally be able to strip like you know xl1 coolers like if yeah you that, really that's, shoot that's down. the idea <laughs> wow not, it's not that won't be in game yet well, no, no, not, not yet. That, that's that the the end goal is basically you can junk the entire ship to think uh like a light version of hard space shipbreaker but in this case, yeah. if you find something like a vulture, you'd probably go straight for the pricey bits and fly away. Yeah. All right. This space, it'll be the skins and cargo. All right. I wonder if you'd be able to sell it directly to the players or just back to the kiosks. Yeah, either way. I or. think both, probably. Yeah. Because, well, um, you, what you could do is you could go out, strip a few ships, and go, hey, does anybody need their ship repaired? thousand credits or whatever and then you fly to them they fly to you you patch their ship up they could be pirates yeah. if, if if like if you've got some guys you trust or a group that you trust and they need their ships patched yeah you can do that and that's it that's an option they have instead of flying all the way to grim hex or risking their ship blown to smithereens that's almost like valet service you know bring oh, yeah. some bur- and, burritos and, some drinks repair yeah. their ship you know mm-hmm. Deep nice. space, perhaps get shot afterwards because they don't want to pay you. But yeah, yeah, but bring some meds, over. shoot them up with some drugs, you know. <laughs> yeah, very cool. Yeah, well, that that's salvage. Half, I think has. Pardon me. Go ahead, Sky. Go ahead. Half my plan with the game is for if I want to play in the less legal side of the game, is to basically be a 
support system for pirates if they want basically mini lords of war. They want guns, medicine, repair. Yeah, sure, got that. You got the money? Yeah. I mean, salvage, I I mean, it does sound like it's going to be pretty robust. And I think the thing about salvage that's interesting compared to mining per se, and, you know, obviously mining is a little bit different, but... And, and it's still not fully complete anyway because we don't have the larger format mining. But um, Yeah, or the uh, drilling. Yeah, exactly. Um, or even, even veins of minerals. But I think salvage, where it's interesting, is because it's sort of like mixed mode because you're going to look on the ship for any loot or valuables. You're going to want to pull out components. You might even look for a black box to sell back to insurance companies. That might even be how you find the salvage to begin with. And then you're going to want to, if you're in a reclaimer or you could have the cargo capacity, you're going to want to strip the whole of the ship and then you're going to want to munch the whole rest of the ship down. And there's certainly possibility, you know, they did talk about siphoning off fuel. Um, you might have to do that in order to avoid blowing up the ship. If you're um, salvaging the whole thing, who knows? And then, Depending on where you are, that's going to be that risk versus reward. If you're in a high pirate activity area, you know, you may want to only, like as Skyguard said, grab the most valuable stuff and get out. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Well, that brings us to at least everybody's favorite theme song or one of them. For science. So we got one for science this week, and really it was a clarification of last week's for science. Um, our friend Milk uh, apologized, and I apologize, Milk, for being dimwit as well. But um, he does not—he's uh, not a native English speaker, so um, we were having a, a hard time understanding what he was trying to say. Uh, so I'm rereading it with the clarification added. He said, I tested some stuff where the bug where your right hand points up well, where uh, uh, I can't talk, apparently. What's that? I said, no, I know which one he's talking about. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I tested some stuff where the uh, with the bug where your right hand <clears> points <throat> up while flying. The fastest way to fix that bug is unequipping your helmet or something and put down the box. So unequipping something or your helmet. He abbreviated something. I've never seen it before. So uh, by picking it up. And equipping it again, the bug will go away. So thank you, Milk. I'm glad we clarified that. Um, And appreciate your patience with my my poor understanding of SMTH. Uh, That means something for those who don't know. That's certainly good Uh, to know. Yeah. That is. Uh, Skyguard, what about yourself? Any uh, anything for science this past week? Um No. Beyond what I've already mentioned. Tips and tricks. The stuff I mentioned for tips and tricks and this kind of for science as well. Yeah, they sort of... uh, They sort of uh, go hand in hand uh, a little bit to some degree. Uh, Tips and tricks is more applied and for science is more generic. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, what about you, Chekhov? Anything? Or is it uh, another... I haven't played the game enough. Uh, yeah. No, for science, no. But I do 
have a, a a question for the week. I guess we're not up to that. Uh, no, we're not. Okay, I'll soon, wait. Soon, good sir. Soon okay, good sir. Um, how about you, Seaguard? Anything for science? Um, I think that I learned anything specifically for science. Um, well. Well, yeah. You know what I did? Uh, so this is this sounds crazy. A lot of people think I'm nuts. But so one of the things I did um, was I was having a problem with my joystick. Um, and if you've got an X56 by Logitech, uh, you know, I could get it to calibrate. So thing number one, a lot of people are always looking like how to calibrate it. Um, Windows doesn't do all the features for you. So what I found was I found that... Um, the calibration tool is actually in the Logitech folder. It's not their primary software package they tell you about, but it's there. So that was <laughs> point number one. Now, the real story about science, though, is that I found that the joystick, the, when I, I calibrated my joystick, I wanted to try it, and I wanted to try to make sure it wasn't a problem with my existing control setup. So I took my control setup and put on one of the generic ones. And I found that the, the acceleration and thrust um, limiters were completely different. They were they they were used completely different than the way I had been using them. So let me describe that. So if if so the 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 lesson here is that if you're flying your ship and you're not really sure how you know well they're they're supposed to, or how they're supposed to be used. Go back to a default setup for your joystick and see how they're programmed by CIG, and it'll give you a better understanding. And, and here's the comparison. I have always had two knobs that controlled my thrust limiter and my acceleration limiter, and then you have relative and absolute um, settings. And when I pushed my mm -hmm. HOTAS handle forward, it just made me go faster um, which I thought was really generating more power from the engine supply. In reality, it doesn't change your engine supply at all. Your engine's always putting out 100%. Mm -hmm. So when I put on this new joystick, I found that when I moved my throttle forward, that actually was my acceleration limiter. So by default, it's your my throttle on my HOTAS was tied to my acceleration limiter, and had nothing to do with how fast I was going forward and backwards. Um, so I now I understand a little bit better why they can have a, a HOTAS setting that says if you pull the handle all the way back, you're going in reverse. And if you put the, the throttle all the way forward, you're going forward. I never understood that. Um, and if you want to go faster in reverse or faster in uh, forward, you would just turn up your acceleration limiter. Uh, so little confusing, but go play with it, and you will see that they have it actually configured at least differently than I was using it, and I was able to fly great. In fact, I thought I had some really good advantages to the way I flew, um, but really does have me intrigued now um, about how my controls are set up. So I don't know. Yeah. Does that help? I don't know if that is understandable enough. Did I explain that well enough? No, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so the, I, I don't actually, even have a hostess. Yeah, actually, I would agree with Sigurd because I also found something about the, well, I guess it's for science too, about the setup of the joystick. So uh, apparently 
your joysticks by default obviously they're designed to accommodate all all the games out there because you you know when you purchase it you don't know whether you're going to play microsoft flight simulator or star citizen so what you want to do is actually and one of the youtubers recommended that is to go in and with the utility that comes with the joystick and remove what's called the smooth so i guess it's the smoother or or um, stabilizer it's a setting on, on i know that's on verbal and i'm actually trying to figure out what is in vkb so you kind of want to take all these assists that come with joysticks completely out because star citizen inherently accommodates that kind of so you, you don't want anything interfering with with the pure mechanical play of the joystick so yeah i when it comes to joysticks they're quite a bit to to figure out and the utilities are quite complex so there's a lot to to think around with there mm -hmm. already yeah much more than i've Very been playing joyful. forever and and uh it was pretty shocking what I learned. It's hard to explain because it is a subtle difference, but it is a noticeable difference. Yeah, because, well, at least the way I think about it, and correct me if I'm wrong, when you're using uh, the throttle, you want it to act as the... You sort of want to think about it as a decoupled mode, and, and the throttle is, is providing forward thrust, not, not the the limited speed that you can go at. Right. Right. Well, you, you, you have to have a really good understanding of what thrusters are, right? Because there's mm -hmm. so many and, and what makes them fire, right? Which, which movement of the setting makes your thrusters go rear thrusters, side thrusters, front thrusters. And you really kind of have to play around with that, like an arena commander and see what mm -hmm. your joystick is doing, like in a third person, you know, to the ship mm -hmm. when you're moving them around. And and that, that I found kind of easy to figure out your settings. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, Chekhov, aren't, aren't, you're dual stick, aren't you? Yeah, dual dual VKBs. And Sigurd, you're... I'm a Hotas. Hotas. Yeah, stick on the right, throttle on the left. And I use, on my throttle, I would use that to go faster forward or slow down. But I had a thumbstick, mm -hmm. which lets a little thumbstick, which I can use for thrust left, thrust right, oh, thrust forward, nice. thrust back. Mm -hmm. So I would come in, put my landing gear down, hover over the platform, stop all my forward momentum, and then just back off the thrust. And it would just lower me down real nicely to the ground. All right. And uh, mm -hmm. if I needed to adjust a little left, little right, forward, backwards, I would just use my little thumbstick. Now I'm doing it differently. I'm trying to figure out if there's an advantage to each way. Um, you know, it, it, yeah, with the six degrees of freedom, it really does change how you think about it. I was thinking about it more like yeah. an airplane. Um, we, I suspect there's a lot of guys who play flight sims who might be doing the exact same thing, thinking of it like an airplane. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would imagine so. Excellent. Well, good stuff. I mean, very helpful for those listeners um, who use one of those two methods of control. I am a mouse and keyboard for right now. Um, anyway, that brings us to our next favorite segment in song.
Very catchy tune. <laughs> <laughs> Disco Mongolian. <laughs> That's supposed to be a horse. <laughs> Was it? Yeah, it's supposed to be. Uh, have you ever heard of the? Uh, I know you've heard of the Who, the British band, mm-hmm. but there's a Mongolian rock band called the Who, uh, H-U, mm. uh, and oh. they use traditional instruments, uh, electronic version mm-hmm. of traditional instruments, and they can make the sounds of horses and things and wolves, and so it's it's kind of what I was doing with the my iPad uh, garage player, you know. That's neat. Yeah. I did one of those a while back and I can't find it. It was ages ago though, before before some of the modern or before the newer versions of it. Yeah. yeah. Uh so last week, Seaguard, you asked a very good question. Not that you ever ask a bad question. Yeah, there's a few bad ones. Um (laughs) but it was I mean, sometimes you pull them out of thin air or or an orifice of some sort, but it's fine. They're all good questions. Uh-huh. Um, you asked, what are your favorite non-CIG apps, tools, sites for Star Citizen? What do you think is missing? Um, Oshiri Gami said, CCU game is all I can think of there. Um, oh, LA yeah. three, two, three, four, four said, Urkel is the best thing ever. Uh, Snorkel said the people's radio it's the best way to stay current with verse news and decide what is the newest ship what uh what the newest ship sale is tommy two toes <laughs> uh, that's a new name as far I, as i, I remember welcome awesome. tommy two toes yeah absolutely um hey it's a uh, tommy two toes here yes uh, yes hey eight toes um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh sc trade tools is great what would be nice would be an update tool that feeds stock um, prices to a site that is easily referenced. Like the uh, API? Similar to Inara and ED. Yeah, I mean, I would imagine so. Um, Drawas said verseguide.com, um, which is your travel, your personal travel guide for the Star Citizen universe. You can pick up popular places, save your favorite spots, and generate an optimal flight path to any planetary location in the verse. Um, Red Orf for Mentor said, Trade in dot space is one of my favorite tools to nerd about development. Uh, and then shiny tracker dot app. Um, Milk said, I would also have to go with Urkel. I'm really thankful for that site since the amount of time saved not having to fly through the entirety of Stanton looking for a part is insane. Also, it's very easy to use. I also use it when I want to know the stats of a ship. Sure, you can read it in some wiki, but Urkel gives you the true stats of your exact build. Uh, Silvervolk said, I've used Game Glass a few times, and although it's easier to bind functions directly to joystick switches, it does provide a nice level of immersion. Uh, he also said, and then of course, the Star Jump Fleet Viewer. I yes. own the incredible total of one ship, but we can dream, right? There is no better place to build your fantasy fleet. That thing was dangerous. <laughs> I love I love the Fleet Viewer. Um, Undead Parrot said, what I'd like to see would first require CIG to implement APIs. Then we could have stuff like displaying data on game class, or perhaps someone would create something like 
DCS BIOS that you could uh, use directly with Arduinos or Dunios? Arduino. Arduino. It's a uh, small mini circuit boards with uh, kind of like a programmable chip, so you can make it do button strokes and you can make button boxes with it, for example. Think well, of a, that makes think, sense. Think of a dumber version of a Raspberry Pi. Yeah. yeah. In, ter- in terms of intelligence, not in terms of use. Yeah. They're pretty That they're makes pretty sense capable. on the Parrot <laughs> with his, uh, his sim pit there that he's building. Exactly. Exactly. Flight uh, simmers Skyguard, know all about said... that. And racers, exactly. too. Uh, Skyguard, you said Urkel.games, StarCitizen.tools, SC Trade Tools. Um Anything else, Skyguard? Those are all great. Uh, there's a site called SC Links, and it's got uh, yeah, yeah. everything. <laughs> and I do mean just about everything. Nice. Uh, Dick McJunkin said, surprisingly, Discord. And don't forget Tracker SC. Oh, sorry, I'm running out of uh, breath here. Um, because I'm a chunk, apparently. Very good. Uh, Heisenberg Oxy said, a "What? An oxy pen?" Oh. <laughs> I thought you said noxy. I was like, "What?" Mm-hmm. Um, Heisenberg said, "Urkel for the win, amazing app." Uh, Mach three generic said, "I really dig the instrument approach procedures from Delta Consulting." Hmm. No, not familiar. Uh, Not familiar with that one. That's the first one time I've heard that one. What was it called again? Delta Consult. It's the oh, that, instrument it's... approach procedures. Oh, yeah, that'd be it, cool. They made this really official-looking site for Star Citizen support. I, was, I just heard about it today. Yeah, their website is deltaconsultingsc.com. Oh, that sounds cool. Yeah, um, I'm pulling it up right now because I'm. Not familiar. Oh wow, it looks like a yeah. It looks like an aviation website. <laughs> you wouldn't know if you didn't know. <laughs> I like it. Uh, um. All right. So those are all the submissions. Anyone else have any tools that they like? Uh, check off you. Do you have any other tools? Oracle, uh, obviously. Can't live without that, and I I do agree with I think uh, the S, no, uh, not the SC. There was the other one uh, that was mentioned. It was really cool. Global the one, the one, yeah, the one you could find the commodity route. I yeah. found that that would be really useful. Yeah. Nice, um, excellent. Uh, how about you, Seaguard? Any any other tools that you? So, you know, I, I definitely like, um, you know, the iPad, um, what's it called? Game Glass. Game Glass is pretty good, I have to admit. And I like that one I mentioned last time from Icon City. It's for your Stream Deck. If you have a Stream Deck, it's pretty efficient way to use your Stream Deck. Uh, I'm still mm-hmm. fiddling with it. Um, and I just have the little 15-button one. But, you know, the fact that you can kind of move through it like game glass each 15 set of 15 buttons is set up for let's say comms or for foot you know on foot or cockpit or something like that and you can move around pretty easily and it fits in a small plate you know compact location compared to an ipad yeah i think it's a great 
I think it's great. Excellent. I mean, I have nothing new outside of what everyone else has said. Urkel's great. I love uh, Star Jump, Fleet Viewer, and uh, a bunch of the others as well, although I use those previous two the most. Uh, and that brings us to a Q&A. So uh, 2D asks, what makes a good space game brilliant? Um, Skyguard, what makes a good space game brilliant? Ooh. Part of it's really getting the scale of space. It's, it's really hard to describe just how big space is. And even harder for to really wrap your head around it conceptually. Um, mm. I mean, you you can know that, for for instance, say, in the closest star to us, I believe it's... Oh, it's an Alpha Centauri. Closest star to us is about 15 light years away. So if you're traveling at the speed of light, it would take you 15 years to get there. Currently, probably yeah. the fastest we could probably do is about 0.2. So it would probably take us five times that. So that'd be 75 years to get there, not even including slowing down. Now, yeah. if you if you take the entire breadth of the galaxy... 100,000 light years across. We're really not getting anywhere close to Star Wars unless we have a major breakthrough anytime soon. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's... Uh, I find even Star Citizen sometimes struggles with scale these days. Um, particularly, not so much... I would say the space stations do a pretty good job. Um sometimes cities struggle until you're closer to them. Like for instance, a lot of people don't realize how far the new Babbage spaceport truly is from the city center. And it's really far. I think it's, um, it's usually a five or 10 minute flight, depending on where you pop out. 20 kilometers. Yeah. It was something like 20 kilometers and that's, it's no joke. <laughs> well, the bullet um, train's fast. Yeah, the bullet train is fast. It's the it's definitely the fastest transportation in game, I think, right now. Besides a spaceship. Mm. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess if you fly flew at top speed, the spaceships are faster. But I'm thinking like outside of spaceships. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Um. How about you, Chekhov? What makes a good space game brilliant? Well, outside the obvious, you know, no stability, yeah, no 30Ks. Um, I mean, I, I would agree, I mean, true But then again, uh, you know, uh, it is a game, so you kind of have to take take in account how much time do we really have to, to spend there. I mean, some of us do spend, you know, hours and hours a day, but um, I mean, this is about as good as it gets. I mean, I, I know it's just uh, uh, I'm happy with what we have. Uh, I can't really uh, wish for much more. Uh, just uh, you know, more, more immersion. I you know, uh, I think we could use a better in-game comms. 
I think that mm-hmm. would really, you know, we could lose the score and truly, uh, you know, have Foip and Voip. That that will add add will add certainly to the immersion of the game. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, Seeger. Yeah, for me, it's a sense of isolation and vulnerability, right? It. Uh, I like to have things to do, no doubt about it. And, you know, the hero quest or whatever there is is fun. Um, but I don't like linear games. Um, so, um, I, you know, I, I lean towards um, having a loop that I can repeat to, to make money and do things. Maybe it's manufacturer, then pick it up and ship it and then um, trade it and buy something else, bring it back, convert that. And But I, I like a routine that keeps me involved and I always have something to do every day to kind of sustain myself. And mm-hmm. the more vulnerable I feel in the environment about, you know, decisions, like did I wear the right thing? Did I bring enough of this? Did I not bring enough of that? Um, it makes me feel that expanse and danger of space flight. So mm-hmm. immersion, I guess, you want yeah. some risk involved? Yeah, I want some risk, you know, and I guess I've even talked about it a few times with like um, the idea that, you know, are we just going to travel through space in quantum or in uh, quantum drive and or are there, there going to be, you know, rogue asteroids that you know are going to cause us to have to take emergency action? And are there storms that are going to blow out our engines? And, well, you you're know. definitely going to get that in pyro. Yeah, yeah, right. So, uh, right. I, you know, you know, is the ship going to be holed by micrometeorites, and you're going to have to go find the leak and repair it before you blow up? I won't say survival, but certainly unexpected gameplay, right? Yeah, mm. uh, I, I, sort of like. Oh, go ahead, check up. No, no, I actually, you know, I was just thinking about something I wanted to add to that. So, back in the day, I used to play uh, uh, real life. And uh, one thing what I missed from that environment was, um, you know, they they had like you you were able to uh, embed like YouTube channels, right? I mean, and you literally would walk down the street and you see somebody sitting on the bench and and watching something, and you would you would sit next to them and you know and watch it with them, and it could be something random, or you pass by, open the door, and it's a, like a gambling casino. You could sit down and play. Uh, blackjack or, or texas hold'em uh i mean the, mm-hmm. this kind of stuff that's that's out there and it easily in, incorporated and it would be cool just bringing into this environment some uh, other gaming components right that that um you know because you, you don't feel something like flying you know ships around and doing bounties you just want to do something different like i said sit down chill and watch uh, not, not even the channel that you're selecting, but somebody's watching something interesting or maybe even listening yeah. to some music, right? I'd love to be able to go to one of the bars and watch the the, the stream, you know, the, the show, the, yeah, the, yeah. the news on the TV, either real news, which is really depressing, or to watch, you know, um, you know, our favorite host there uh, yeah. give us entertainment and you know, show us what the developers are doing. I think that would be fantastic. Right. Mm. And, and be able to engage with the player that's sitting next to you about that content, right? Now, right. that's that's real, real immersion then at that point. Yeah. For, uh, for me, I think what makes this game 
already great and what will continue to keep this game to be engaging and really fun is going to be the community but for me i think the community can have a lot more tools to facilitate in-game interaction for instance um, any sort of org presence within the game that you can manage and handle Um, any ability to communicate in-game versus having to communicate via discord Um, anything that enables people coming together who might not normally outside of spontaneous gameplay. I think that's, what's going to make this game next level is, you know, not just bumping into someone and saying, Hey, you want to run a mission, but you know, having things like, you know, if you look at IAE, they can have a whole section of the, the hall be an org recruiting area and set an in-game um, like booth system, you know, they can do things like that. I, I can't wait till the day that they, I, I feel like they can do this. Let's see if they can. I can't wait for the day that we, um, get to go watch like a saddle ball tournament. Yeah. Or go to the Murray cup. Yeah, that would be fun. You know, and it'll feel like like what we what we deal with like right now, the World Cup, right? It'll it'll be exciting. It'll be something that breaks up the normal gameplay. And it could potentially be something that you know, it could be a player audience, but it could also be player teams. Um, which is even cooler. It's true. That's so um, fun. Okay. Uh Excellent. So Heisenberg asked, when commodity training, what is your guys' favorite routes? Or do you mix it up a bit? Also, what was your biggest success and biggest failure when trading? Mm-hmm. Uh, Skyguard. Mm, commodity training. Biggest. Usually astatine or sometimes fluorine. Um, titanium also works great. Um, you want to avoid the stuff that Everybody knows about so laranite, uh, gold, agrecium, medical supplies. Because while well, that yes, that stuff is profitable, you're not going to be able to get enough to actually sell it. Right. Mm. Um, biggest failure was probably the drug run I attempted once. I bought like 24 SCU of. I, I filled up the back of a Nomad and tried to sell it all, all at once and. It just, there wasn't enough demand for it. So I, I literally took me two or three days of selling it bit by bit, piece by piece until I got out. And it, it's horribly unbalanced. Mm. Okay. Um, excellent. Uh, Mr. Chekhov. Well, that's kind of a, my old... Uh occupation so i i say laranite and titanium bezdak to lorville that's a proven route you can always fill up and always can sell it and make money um but that that would be the success that the failure is uh, <laughs> running uh, three or four uh caterpillars doing the same run and exploiting it and then uh you know, back in the day, getting 30Ks and losing it all. I mean, now there's no risk of that, but uh, I guess, you know, you're filling up uh, 
a full, you know, C2 full of cargo and being shot out of the sky, you know. So there's always a yeah. risk of that. That's why I actually, cargo runs, you know, on, on huge ships uh, is my least favorite activity because of the risk that's involved, you know. Mm. What was 30K production these days? Works pretty well. Yeah, yeah. 30K protection does work. I mean, at least for me, it worked. Uh, and, but, you know, I'll be honest with you, 30K is not that much of a concern anymore, period. I think yeah. they've done a really good job on that. They happen, but they feel like a lot less jarring experiences, right. for sure. Right. Um, Seagard, what about yourself? Oh, pardon me. Well, let's see. Oh, no, Where should we start? Crashing with like you know, fifteen people on board the dropship. Um, <laughs> you know, that's uh, not car. Well, I guess if people are cargo. Yeah, uh, crashing into the ground because you weren't paying attention. <laughs> there was a mountain uh, with a load of cargo. In there, done that. Yeah, uh, having a load of cargo in your ship, getting out of your ship and watching it float away because the wind picks it up. <laughs> Been there, done that. Uh, <laughs> Did you get the T-shirt for that one? Yeah, I actually I could. I, there's been a <coughs> bunch of little ones like that. Uh, for me, I you know I so I'll give you one last one that was pretty funny, and then I'll tell you what I think pro is profitable and fun. Um, so one was uh, Chekhov was there for this. We were in another org. A, a small org it was kind of starting out a bunch of younger a young, much younger college kids and such and uh we were on a ship mining and uh Chekhov and i were in the mole and some other people were in the mole and we blew up so, a rock and blew ourselves in the orbit yeah but it blew all the engines off of the ship and disabled oh, all the power so we're spinning and we can barely get it to stop spinning because we're all blacking out and then it's like, well, what do we do? And we have these other ships nearby. So it's like, okay, well, let's just everyone get off the ship and then we'll hit the self-destruct button and we'll get away. Um, you know, and that'll be fun to do. So we hit the self-destruct button, but we're still inside the ship, obviously. And we go to get out of the ship and everyone rushes in with their ship to the mole to help pick up <laughs> all the people getting off the ship. Oh, when no. it blows up, it blows up. All the ships and us. <laughs> so, yeah. That was a good one. Uh, it was funny. We all started laughing afterwards because it was so obvious. It was like, why did we do that? <clears throat> but uh, so that's some of mine. You, you, you should you should have left a sacrificial guy on the ship. That's right. right. <laughs> um, you know, I, I I've had a lot of fun. I I can't think of his name right now. Our friend from the Netherlands. Um, you know, there it was a lot of fun. Mark doing three. Yeah, Mach 3, Mach 3. And uh, he took me out uh, once, and we did in his little, um, what's the turtle ship? Uh, Terrapin. Terrapin. We went out in the Terrapin, and we did cargo, just, you know, package missions. I would run out, drop off the package, and he would, you know, fly us to the next location when he'd pick up or drop off. And that was pretty fun. I mean, it's actually pretty profitable if you're doing two of you. And you're, you know, it's you do it real fast. You land right at the building entrance, and you run inside, drop off the box, get back in. Uh, you know, we made pretty good money that time, and it was something to do. It was fun. Um, I, I think that's an underlooked thing to do. Um, I think another thing I like to do is I do like to run some of the simpler routes with uh, Ethereum. 
Um, I yeah. just run it back, let's say, uh, we'll say near area 18. Let's put it that way. Um, mm-hmm. so, what yeah, do you mean I by think, Ethereum? Yeah, that, that's a crypto. Not, uh, what is it? Um, oh, it's a gas. I just can't think of what it's called in the game right now. Um, I, Ethereum, uh, um, uh, I can't think of the name of it. Hestatine? Hest, not Hestatine. It um, begins with an E. Oh, anyway, there there is some cargo hauling that's profitable. Um, in that part of it is just finding the routes. I mean, that's part of the fun. So yeah, uh, I my best cargo route used to be the Bezdek Lathan on yeah. Ariel route to Hurston filling up on Laranite. And that's when you could buy enough Laranite to fill a ship and it would cost over a million dollars to fill your ship, but you would make so much money. Um, and, um, I still sort of follow that route. Um, it's kind of a combination of as much Laranite as I can get. And then I fill the rest with, um, titanium, um, Right. But I don't really do it that much because... So remember the days when we did it with NetSpage. So we found yeah. out how to sell because of the 30Ks. We need to do it quick. So it took us four minutes because somebody would fill up the ships and the owner would take a fast uh, a ship and would, would fly ahead and get to the mm-hmm. trade station. All you had to do is hover over Lorville and he would right. sell it. Right. Yep. And that's because only the owner had to buy the cargo to fill each of the ships that was out there. Right. 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 So Three he would buy. Yeah. 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 We, we we would be actually hovering and Besdak of the ground pointing up, so he would fill us up already in the air. And yeah. the second says we full, we take off, and he would run out like get into Gladius or something, and, and then make it there before us. It was fun yeah. also when we used to do the rock mining. Um, rock, hang the rock off the back ramp. Yeah. <laughs> it, you know, or on a Taurus, you could hang one off the front and one off the back. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> never land, just kind of um, hover there. Yeah. Uh, so th- that's my route. The worst experience was back before the 30K protection and back when you could fill your whole ship. And I think, if I'm not mistaken... I went from having four or five million AUEC to being under a hundred thousand. What did you do? Flight K- in reverse? Uh-huh. Uh, no, thirty Ks and like yeah. a, a way too quick um, uh, entrance into Lorville uh, and suddenly smashing into the ground and, and losing everything. It was. I was like devastated. I was like, I, w- I went from a millionaire to being completely poor. It, it, the power changes. Fluorine. You know. Fluorine is the yeah, yeah. Fluorine is the gas there I was go. thinking of. How did you get there E you from that? You're going uh, to start It's right after F, or it's right before F. E is before F. So. It's only one more hash to create the yeah. letter. Okay. okay. <laughs> I never said my parents had smart children. <laughs> I never said I was one of them. <laughs> <laughs> um last question comes from wandering marauder and he said listen to the latest podcast today keep up the great work thank you wandering marauder uh heard the answer to the question about base building but it sounded like it was re- with regards to squadron 42 
really curious what terra firma home bases may look like in the PU. I know there will be uh, land or there were land claim licenses sold very early on, but what are your thoughts on how this might eventually play out? Will we be able to construct a home base with a hangar on a plot of land we purchase? Bed logging in your ship is an obvious requirement for a space sim, but I do like the idea of having a planet-based home that can be customized and where you can put, where you can parma per, oh, perma park your fleet. I feel like I'm a little dyslexic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm struggling um, to too. Uh, so what are your thoughts, Skyguard, around base building and how that's going to work out? I mean, that's a pretty vague question. I mean, what do I think about it? I think it's neat. I mean, did no, but what do you think we'll be able to build as part of a, a player-owned, you know, base? Give it homestead. Giving who's making the game just about anything we flip and want. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Okay. I mean, I mean, I mean, it's Chris Roberts. What I mean, the the the, the guys. Uh, general motto is yeah we can do that i'll take a shot at it yeah go ahead so i I can remember chris roberts uh you know wingman series and all that way back when and i you know i think if i was to say um i hope he's listening hope he's listening i would hope that i can have a you know minimum size that allows me to park a ship on a on a ramp or something, um, right? And lock all the doors so no one can come in and just destroy my systems. But I would hope that I could have at least an AI inhabitant who could give me the the scoop and news on what's going on because that's a big part of way the way he kind of set up the the Wing Commander series, and it's kind of important to all of his series is that. When you're on the ground, you're not just going out and buying equipment. You're also trying to go to the bar to find up with the latest rumor monger is, you know, telling people, right? Some of it's BS, some of it's good. Um, and he's alluded to that with the Idris tour, right? You got the guy who's kind of the mm-hmm. talker and the gabber and, um, you know, more. Right. And so these characters that you have, I think if you're going to have your own base, if you don't have access to characters like that who are either visiting regularly or that you can access whenever you land, it, you're not going to get the feel of the game. So that's what I'm hoping for. Certainly, I want to be able to have a hangar, you know, and do all those things and uh, a repair bench, which I mean is already they've already been talking about that. It's built into the Carrick and all that. Um, whether people nice. go ahead. Hello. It would be nice to actually talk to the NPCs. There's a, they're a bit more like mannequins right now than anything else. Yeah, uh, they're going to be more interactive. There's no doubt. So, so here's what I, I, I would I would even go much further than that. So first of all, I didn't know that you could buy land plots. So that's news to me. I've never. Yeah, I don't never, think it's available yeah. anymore. I it's think like it's a claim. Yeah, yeah, it's like a claim. So I I would bring the again. This is me going back to real life, and I spend a lot of time there. I would I would create sort of a version that I would call it or off chain call it for lack of a better word uh, where your homesteads are 
and allow users so so you, you obviously you, you don't want to break the game you don't want to uh you know kind of ruin the integrity and security of the game but so all the homesteads will be on its own servers where you can actually create a be able to buy a plot a plot that you can actually trade and sell to other players if you wanted to um it'll create a whole different dynamic and then you can create your homestead with your own prims right so you can actually build something unique you know my house hang a picture put a tv on the wall you know and and again this would be totally segregated from the pu so you once you land there you know that's it you know you, you yes you'll still have the interaction players who land there can walk around interact with you but it's all going to be player created content that right. can be built exchanged traded but but only it, you cannot take it back to pu that would be strictly for your homestead right so which is not trivial i'm sure but if you create something that would be really cool in other words yeah you could take your ship and bring it there but it's going to have limited functionality it's literally like going to be teleported and parked sort of like in your hangar right and then once you take it out then you you know go back to pu but there you have more of a true homestead you know furniture whatever you know make a dinner make a drink whatever you want to do gotcha. that's kind of would be you know because i've i've seen it work very successfully in real life so my my guess uh well i think that's a potential option uh check off my guess based on what they've already said is that the homesteads that you build will be a part of the pu in particular because there's so much space that you'll be able to build on in some ways the homesteads will help drive content for the game because you could make a trading outpost it could be a place where there's minerals that you're mining using the same things we see at some of these shoe bin outposts and things or a farm. Um, my guess, one, I have a couple just basic guesses around. I think we'll probably be able to customize the style. They'll probably create multiple styles like the colonialism and some of the more scientific ones that we see now. They'll probably be combinations of temporary outposts and more permanent ones. Um, I do think much like with ships, I think anything that you could accomplish in a ship can be done there, but it's in the static location. Um, and I do think that you'll be required to put up certain systems in order to access that. So like you probably will be able to put up like some missile turrets to defend. You probably need some sort of comm tower or something in order to patch into the communications network in case something happens so that the UEE can come protect you um and i think there'll just be a lot of customizability uh, associated with them and you'll have to upkeep it as well um it sounds like they'll need you know they'll have wear and tear just like everything else in the game you'll need to refill um, the missiles at the very least right but, but yeah, the, yeah exactly the keys to that whole thing is but would i be able to sell it to so let's say you know, I've been Probably. playing this game for years and years and years, and someone doesn't want to grind. They want to come in and, and, and buy a, a beautiful homestead that I built over a year. So the key is, can Probably. I sell it? That would be Let's cool. see why not. I would imagine so. Uh, and then uh, check off for uh, your Do they have a real estate bubble and everything now? 
Yeah. <laughs> Probably. Uh-huh. Uh, for your own edification, Chekhov, the land claims were sold as as an item in um, on the store when the Pioneer came out. Because the land claim is essentially you go buy this um, – people didn't buy plots of land. It's essentially like an actual marker. It's a like beacon, a land claim beacon. Uh, and what you do is when you're prospecting something where you want to potentially put down a beacon, if it's unowned, you place the beacon and oh, you get the, your claim. There's some office that stakes your claim there. Yeah. So you might be prospecting for a mineral rich location where you're going to put down some automated mining equipment. Um, and so, you know, you want to also then have ample protection. You want to check in and, and actually move the product once it reaches capacity. And so it's something that you'll have to tend to very much. So like all the other things, hmm. components of the game that we focus on. Very cool. Yeah. Very exciting. Um, Seaguard, we didn't actually, I always forget to ask you to do this at the end of the segment. What's your question for this week? And then uh, check off. You had one. Check off had one. So let's go with check off. Well, well, yeah, we can have two if you like. This, no, no, one's good. No, yeah, no, no, good. Two questions is good. Yeah, because mine is a little bit self-serving too, so I don't want to monopolize this. He's like, "What do you think of Chekhov?" <laughs> no, not quite like that. But okay. <laughs> all right, so I'll go first. So, uh, being that, uh, let's say if you're entering a three eighteen patch, and the only ship that you're gonna have is Vulture, what what other ship would you say if if there was only one other ship? That you were to purchase, what would that be? The Nomad, freaking Aurora. Uh, well, uh, this is for the audience, folks. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the Nomad, because you're going to need some sort of support ship at the very least to carry your stuff around. So, Nomad has is probably the best space trucking game right now. I mean, you could go for the Hale, of course, but uh, um, that's don't, not really don't meant even say to... that word. <laughs> hey, it's sixty-five. And, and this is all about the question for next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, alrighty. What about uh, UC guy? Did you come up with anything? Yeah, yeah. You know, I've been kind of. It kind of goes back to my initial mussings of uh, considering how to. You know, what would make a unique org? What would what would make? Um. What are people looking for? So I, I guess the, the question is, um, what f- what four things do you look for to make an org fun? Mm-hmm. Or better yet, let's let's say, it. what four things would you like to see in an org? Okay, uh, you know who will very likely love that question. Who? Canuck, because he loves the number four. Oh, you're right. That's right. <laughs> Just for you, Canuck. <laughs> Excellent. Um, any any other business before we roll the end? Uh, Skyguard, anything else from you that you wanted to discuss? No, not particularly. Unless you want me to come uh, up with my own off. question. No, it's all good. Uh, nice to be back. Yeah, it's good to have you back. Thank you. Um, Sigurd, what about yourself? 
Uh, no questions this time. All righty. I'm good. Um, we will probably not have an episode next week because, quite frankly, I won't be here. Gotcha. <laughs> um, and uh, we, there's probably going to be zero content unless 318 miraculously releases um, in in a fast fashion. But we will we'll be back before the end of the year. Yeah, um, hopefully they they get wave one out tomorrow. But uh, yeah, it's fingers looking... and toes, everyone. Yeah. Looking possible, but not probable. Yeah. Um, well, if you if you have any questions, any thoughts, any feelings, etc., uh, you could always email us. I'm going to put our new email address in the notes because I'm going to make Chekhov yeah. fix it. What do you mean? Before I thought, we get off this call, I thought we did. <laughs> nope, we never did. Um, so we'll do that first. <laughs> Okay. Uh, you could DM our Twitter handle at CitizenCastSC. You could submit a message through Anchor. Uh, you could join our CitizenCast Discord. Or, of course, you could text or leave a voicemail at our Google Voice, 646-783-8154. All the info is in the show notes. Uh, and likewise, if you are out there looking for a crew, looking for an org, looking for people to play with in between your uh, deep space solo sessions, Come over to Parley House. It is a neutral zone for everyone to hang out and enjoy Star Citizen. Yeah. Links can be found in the show notes. I heard that I need to fix that as well, so I will do that uh, as soon as I post the episode um, this week. Uh, shout out to Shorts, who let me know about that. Thank you, Shorts, uh, who also joined um, Parley House and our Discord just this week. Uh, and then... Of course, we have other friends of the show who are content creators. So if you're looking for more Star Citizen content and not necessarily some of the big names out there, uh, take a look at the videos from Earth and Snorkel as well as Undead Parrots, um, you know, build in his his sim pit. Um, they have videos on YouTube. And of course, Admiral Cody and Calibri, who created most of the music for this episode, um, they have a album inspired by star citizen that's pretty great you can find the info below uh and as we mentioned multiple times this week and for the past many a week at this point uh star jump um created a fleet viewer um most of the work done by folks that we have had on the show or who we know grim mvmzo i'm sure that other collaborators of course too really cool tool allows you to visualize your fleet high res excellent looking um and that fellow citizens wraps up another episode of citizen cast happy holidays to you and we'll see you next time That's right you know i've got to ask do you ever consider verifying the twitter handle when you had the chance for the eight bucks mm-hmm. just for giggles uh eh, seems like a lot I think Elon Musk listens to our podcast. He'll give it to us for free. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have ye of little faith. <laughs> I uh, I hey. don't know. We're still hoping, like Jake. You know. <laughs> That's right. Give us giveaways. That's right. You know. Uh, you know it would actually be fun that. to have him on the show. You know, if you need a medical rescue, you can go to the website. But I figure if they're going to wait for me to rescue them, 
they may die anyway, so... <laughs> <laughs> I could just picture you now, check off, oops, I let you die by accident. Oh, wait, I, 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 got, I got my full uniform on, if you want to see my mad rescue uniform. Oh. I'm wearing it, yeah. He is... Wait, he sent this, is, person. this is an official mad uniform. Yeah, let me see if I could do it. No, Parthenome is. That's too dark in here. 